Thank you, Lord. Wonderful morning out there. Welcome to another live broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintala. We're going to bless the Lord for this beautiful day. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day of his glory, the day of his power, the day of his word, the day of his intention, the day where we are seeing the manifestation of his counsel becoming more real, more pronounced in our day and in our time. I want to welcome you this morning if you are joining us. Uh, this morning, once again, we are going to continue to look into the mind of God, into God's divine counsel for this season and time. As you know, we are in a day, in a time where heaven is reordering the very structure of our existence as the church, as the ecclesia. There's an emerging reality of his counsel for our time. And heaven is looking for a people who are willing, ready to return back to the divine blueprint to divine standard of a house that you know has been designed for god's plan and purpose for this season in time as you know we've been discussing for a while now the kind of a church the kind of a community that the lord amen is looking for to carry out his divine program for this new day we are in the midst of a very powerful prophetic uh, uh objective and i believe that as we continue to align and surrender and yield to what the spirit of god amen is emphasizing that we will emerge as that church amen that has been designed and ordained to carry out god's prophetic uh, uh, intention for this new day indeed the lord is looking for a vessel of people a wine skin that he can pour himself into and this is the reason why the emphasis has been on, you know, changing our wine skin. We need to return back to heaven's, amen, eternal, original blueprint for his church. There's a divine, amen, standard that the Lord ordained for his church, for his people. And God is calling us again to return back to that pattern. We don't want to just do things and live life the way we, you know, are, are desire we want to amen align our lives to god's heaven uh, counsel of course the lord has a plan and a, a purpose an objective amen for his, his church amen when we get saved and we come to christ amen we are enrolled we are you know brought into that community into that house that is called the body of christ and of course in extension the ecclesia and there's a reason for that, amen. We have been called out. That's the meaning of the word ecclesia. We are called out into, amen. And we have been prepared to be sent out. And so all of these things that we are looking into, amen, it's, it's, it's revealing to us, showing us, amen, that we cannot but to return back to heaven's divine blueprint, but particularly when you look at the state, amen, of the church. If you look at where we are, you know, where, where we've come from, and of course, comparison to what the Lord, amen, has ordained for us as his church, as his, as his body, as his bride, amen, as a son representing the father in the earth, we are far away, all right? So there's a need, as we spoke yesterday, there's a need to close that gap, amen, and we will continue by God's grace to continue to, you know, speak into the closing of the gap, coming to that order of life, amen, that can narrow down Amen. Our our walk, our advancement, amen. And of course, reflecting 
what the father desired to see in the earth. So this is the basically the summary of what we are doing. We've been looking into the book of Acts of the Apostle. And somehow we got stuck in chapter 4 and chapter 5. At least I got stuck in chapter 4 and chapter 5. Now that we can move on. But there's so much, amen, in, 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 in Acts chapter 4 and chapter 5 that I felt has become more like a template, a pattern, amen, for our way forward, amen, in the things of God. And what we're seeing in the book of Acts, amen, it's not just about building a church, amen, with the idea of, you know, just gathering people. We're talking about, amen, a community, a life of people, amen, that has been brought together for one shared prophetic purpose, and that is, amen, to, you know, cover the, the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. And as we continue to look into these things, I'm hoping, I'm praying that we will truly allow the Lord, amen, to open our hearts to each other, because if there's anything that, amen, we, we see that has become so prevalent in the church, is this falsehood, is this false belief, this wrong notion that we can do our own thing and still have the power of God and presence of God, amen, and so we, we, we really want to sit down, amen, and look into God's word. Looking into God's word means looking into God's heart. Amen. Because the word of God reveals the heart of God to us. Amen. If if the Lord had not given us a book and had just like, okay, well, you guys, you know what I want, so go ahead and do it. But there are no reference. That will have been a different, you know, uh, uh, scenario. But he gave us a reference. He gave us a standard. He gave us, amen. In fact, in, in all his interaction with men, you will notice that God always, first of all, amen, you know, introduce himself and he reveals what he desires, what he wants, amen, in every given generation. He did it with Moses. He did it with Abraham. Everyone, amen. And, you know, that is a standard. And finally, he brought his, his, his son, Jesus Christ, amen, to, to earth to live, to show us, amen, the blueprint and the pattern, amen, of God's divine intention. We, we, we tend to have this idea today that, well, you know, I, I can always give God, you know, my second best. I can always give God that which, you know, I feel, you know, I, I feel is okay. I feel is good. All right. We, we, we tend to drop him from, you know, his, his, his objective, his standard. And this is something that I find so worrisome today that we have to, amen, correct. If we are going to move on with God, amen, we have to do it based on his terms. We have to do it based on his standard. We have to do it based on his intention. Amen. God's prophetic intention needs to be clearly understood. Amen. We need to understand the ways of God. We need to understand the dealings of God. We need to understand, amen, the impressions of God. I feel that we've gone too far. The Bible says there was a generation, amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was a generation that came out of, you know, uh, uh, out of Egypt, amen, that did not know God, that did not know the God of, of you know, of their fathers, all right? In, in, you know, the, the journey in the wilderness had basically faded the reality, the knowledge, the expression, the intentions, amen, the, the, the sovereignty of God away from this generation of people that they grew in the wilderness. So, the ways of God, the intentions of God, the counsels of God, amen, had been forgotten. Why? Because their fathers never really, you know, pass on, amen, the, the, the divine blueprint or standard of God. So they were just moving and moving and moving until they move completely out of God. And a whole generation perished in the wilderness. Friends, we have to return. God is calling us. The Lord is calling us to return back, amen, to his divine blueprint, to his divine standard, to his divine order. And we have to find what that blueprint is. <clears throat> 
excuse me, we have to find what that blueprint is. We cannot continue to play ignorance with the things of God. And I understand that where we are right now is a bit challenging because we, we're beginning to see the sovereign hand of God and that sovereign hand is making demand upon us. The sovereign hand of God is demanding amen, that we return back to his intention. And everything that we have built that does not look like amen, his intention is tearing, is tearing them down. Amen. And a lot of people are crying, God, no, where are you? No, he's, he's, in fact, he's the one doing what he's doing. It's not the devil. It's not the devil. So, so I, I mean, the scripture says not one stone will be left unturned. Not one stone. I was looking at the scripture this morning, which I, I'm going to read you know, uh, uh, to us in Galatians. The Bible says, a little yeast, a little leaven, amen, leavens the whole dough, leavens the whole, you know, uh, the, 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 the whole dough. You understand? Just a little yeast. It, it speaks about certain things that we have imbibed, uh, you know, of course, in the context of this, you know, uh, Galatians 5. You know, it was the issue of circumcision. Oh, well, you know, the Old Testament, they believe in circumcision. So why can't we just circum, you know, do circumcision to, you know, to, you know, to accommodate, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the Jew into the community. But God said, if you do that, then you have to keep the entire law. You see, so do you just want people to come in on their own terms or do you want to establish amen, the standard of God, the intentions of God so that when people know what God demands and requires of them, then they can make their own choice. But at a point amen, where the pressure was so much on the church, you know, uh, they, they found themselves compromising. All right, well, well let's, let's also you know, circumcise ourselves. And of course, we know that this circumcision is, is a religious thing. The Jews, they believe so much in, 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 in a circumcision that if you're not circumcised, you have no place in their community and in the things of God. All right? But Christ has come, amen, and he is the last. He is the, he is the, he is the example. He has died and he's, he's circumcised himself that we may be circumcised. So, you know, Paul been talking about the circumcision of the heart, but they're still talking about the circumcision of the flesh. And the church found themselves in this in, in this position in Galatians chapter 5 where or, uh, the issue is that we have to you know circumcise ourselves to accommodate and I think that little yeast or uh, that that basically you know was allowed into the things of God began to you know influence the entire you know uh, 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 structure of the things of the spirit but that is just one. There are different areas that we have allowed certain yeast into the things of God. All right? and, and, and I hope, I pray that as we continue to allow the Lord to speak to our, to our heart, that we will you know, find out, we will, we will locate amen, those things in our life that are not aligning to the will of God, to the patterns of God that we have accepted, that we have imbibed, amen, the ways of, of the world that we have brought into the things of God that, that has now come to corrupt and pollute. Those things, the Lord, amen, is demanding that we remove them. Yes, all the accostings that we have brought into the camp, the Lord is demanding. You know, when, when we, when we, when, when we, anyone born into this new day, anyone born, let, let's say, imagine somebody's coming to the Lord in this new day. <clears throat> and the person joins the church. The person, if that person is not taught and, you know, brought through what the scripture, you know, says. And if that person is not, you know, taken through the scripture, you know, and revealed the intentions of God, that person would have assumed that, you know, the image and the, you know, what we project as church is indeed the church. 
And that's a whole generation of people that have been, you know, brought into the things of God, amen, who really do not even understand the pattern of God, don't understand the ways of God, don't understand how the Lord, amen, requires and is like, you know, it's like two guys, you know, uh, uh, excuse me, a boy and a girl, you know, going out today. And to them, you know, having sex is, is like it's normal. There's nothing challenging. There's nothing different. There's nothing sacred about it. It's just normal. You understand? Because nobody's teaching them. Because the system of the day has, you know, has, has deadened the values and the and the and the and the morality behind our, you know, our lifestyle and our action. No, no, no. It's normal. You can do it. <clears throat> So it's it's easy for people to, to to get married, amen. And and the, the next day, you know, up up of the relationship because the things they do there are the things they've been doing even before they got married. So there is nothing new. There's nothing special. You see, we live in a world that is so corrupt and warped in, in terms of value system. And that is the same thing that we have brought into the house of God. All right, that the, that the house of God no longer have a value standard. That anything can go, that we can just do anything anyhow, amen, just live our life anyhow, and anybody can say anything. We have no regard, we have no respect, amen, for leadership, for eldership. We have no, <clears throat> excuse me, we have no respect for each other, amen, for each other's space, community, amen, that we can lie to each other and, and still next minute take, you know, the microphone and, and sing and preach, you know. I find it very strange. I mean, I find it, I find it very strange that you can have so-called men of God, leaders in the church, in the body that people honor and respect. People are following them. Amen. You know, giving words that they cannot keep. Making promises that they cannot keep. You know, I've, I still find this very strange. That if I say something, I want to keep to my words. I want to abide by what I say. Because those are the things, amen, that makes us different from the world system. The world, you know, can lie. And that's fine with them because, you know, that's, that's who they are. But when we say we are in the Lord, we cannot do certain things, amen, and still live our life as if it's normal. No, it's abnormal. So we have to continually, amen, highlight these things. Highlight these things. Knowing that when we come to the body, the church, amen, we have come into a new order of life, amen. The church ought to be a reflection of heaven on earth. The church ought to be a reflection, amen, of heaven and earth. The church is the expression, is the voice, amen, of, of heaven, amen. It, it, the, the church ought to be the embassy, the representative, amen, of another nation, of another kingdom. That's who we are. And these things, amen, we, we will continue to talk about them because they are, they are required, amen, if we are going to truly represent the intentions of God, amen. God, is, God wants to pour himself, you know, when we talk about the church, we talk about the position of power. We often want to talk about the position of authority and things like that. You know, we want to reveal, we want to show forth, amen, uh, you know, how powerful the church is. But that power comes at a cost. That power comes, amen, at the cost. That power comes because we believe. That power comes because, amen, we represent an order of life, amen. If, if you're representing, you know, a, a nation, the power of that nation backs you to do whatever, amen, you've been assigned to do. The same with the, with, the, with the things of God. We ought to be representing the kingdom of God. I keep emphasizing on this point. We are, amen, regents of the kingdom. We are agents of the kingdom, amen. We come from a different planet, amen. If any man be in Christ, he, he or she is a new creation. That is not just some, you know, uh, 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 you know, passing statement. That is, that is, that is, that is a 
powerful, amen, declaration, amen, of a change of identity, of a change of civilization, of a change, hallelujah, of, 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 of community. And we have to understand this. There's a church the Lord is building in this new day. It's not a new church. It's just a reflection of the same old pattern of a church that he has ordained from the beginning. When we say God is doing a new thing, there's nothing new basically that God is doing. He's just bringing us back to, amen, his original intended prophetic pattern. <clears throat> That's what we're talking about. And we have to continually look into these things. We have to continually, amen, speak about these things because we like it or not, we are in a day, amen, of a transformation. But this transformation is not coming without, amen, a battle, without a war, amen. This transformation is demanding, amen, that we utter the way we live life, the way we think, our values, amen, our, you know, perspective, amen, our way of lifestyle, amen, culture, beliefs, amen. This transformation is demanding that we move, amen, from our old position, from our own thing, from our own agenda, amen. This transformation is demanding that everything that, amen, we have imbibed, we have accepted, amen, that we are holding onto that does not reflect God's a divine intention, amen, will be challenged. God is challenging us headlong. <laughs> so your world is, is seem to be, you know, tumbling down. Your world seems to be crashing down. Everything seems to be going crazy. You don't know what's going on. It's not the devil. It's God, hallelujah, making demand on you. Because we have come to accept, we have come to believe, we have come to, you know, uh, 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 imbibe, you know, strange values. We brought a crossing into the camp. This is the reason why the church seemed to be very weak, you know, very anemic, sickly. Every disease out there impacts us, affects us. If you compare the things that had happened in time past, you know. In, in, in century past, the church in century past, if you compare how, how they were able to deal with issues of, you know, of pandemic, you, you will notice that pe people, people came out because the, the life and the power of God lived in them. It, it was very difficult. In fact, during pandemic was a time that a lot of people got saved. Why? Because they seen these people and they're like, but, but God, why, why is it that you're not sick? I hope you understand, amen, that when Egypt was, was plagued with the pandemic, I hope you understand that there was a land called Goshen <laughs> in the same Egypt. None of the plagues, none of the plagues, come on, none of the plagues of Egypt, as long as you are within that radius, you are within that geographical, you know, region, amen, you are immune, Karabakayando. Think about that. As God was plaguing Egypt with death, with all kinds of things, there was a land in Egypt, not somewhere else in Egypt, but because the people of God lived there, they carried the life of God, amen. The blood speaks on their behalf. God just told them what they need to do. Of course, three, seven, Moses. All right? Get the blood of a lamb, amen. Put it in the, uh, at the forefront of your, of your door. That's enough, <laughs> When the angel of death was passing, amen, our people were secured. As long as you are within that community, as long as you are within that space, as long as you are within that authority, that voice, amen, that is called, amen, Moses, as long as you are within that voice, you are secure. Famine, poverty, sickness, disease, lack could not reach them. They were in the same Egypt. They were not somewhere else. In the same Egypt. What is wrong with us today as we say we are the church? 
we are all being buffeted, plagued here and there. We have to sit down and ask ourselves, are we, are we reflecting God or something else? If we are reflecting God, then it should show. Let the God who answers by fire be God. Amen. That was, that was the challenge on Mount Carmel. Let the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Amen. The prophets of Baal also were expecting that Baal was going to answer by fire. But God proved that he's sovereign, that he rules over all. But you see, the reason why God proved himself is because one man, amen, gave God what he wanted, lived life in accordance to his standard. He was not afraid. He had not been captured, amen. He was not found to be eating, amen, on the, on the same table with Jezebel, amen. He had not been captured by money. He had not been captured by fame. He had not been captured, amen, by lie. He had not been captured, amen, by title, by position. Yesterday we talked about, amen, the day of Elijah emerging. The day of Elijah is here. There's an, Eli there's an Elijah company of church emerging. It's the church of the last day. The Bible says, before the, before the dreadful day of the Lord comes, God will send Elijah. There's a company emerging. And we've been seeing that manifestation. Amen. That, that Elijah's company has been coming. There's been a coming. There's been a coming. And we've seen a... Listen to this, friends. What does that mean when we say the day of Elijah? The church, amen, pattern after Elijah, amen, is the church that will confront wickedness, ungodliness, perversion, amen, evil in the house of God. And of course, within the world system. I'm just saying this to, to, you know, to, to, to reorientate our mind. And we have to be where God will have, will have us be. We cannot afford, amen, not to relocate. Because if you're still in the valley and you think you're going to manifest the power of them who live on the mountain, you, you, you lie. You know, Bible says, amen, two, two guys build their house. One built his house on the sand, another built his own on the rock. The houses are looking the same. But wait until the time of test. Wait for the rain to come. Wait for the wind to come. Wait for the storm and the flood to come. Then we'll know whose house, amen, is accurately built. It's not, it's, not in, it's not in the look. It's in the things you do not see about the house. The only thing the scripture made us to understand is that the foundation of these two houses, amen, defines how they will weather the seasons ahead of them. Come on, friends. <laughs> The foundation are your values. The foundation are your template of thinking. It's not the fact that you build a big church. Amen. It's God and the values of God within what you have built. Or you're building for size. You're not building for eternity. You're building for fame. You're not building, hallelujah, for the flame. You're building for the glory of this world that fades. You're not building, amen, for eternal glory. I hope you understand that the things that we do does not end here on earth. You see, when you build for temporal, when you build for time, and you have no eternity, amen, in mind, you see, you will compromise. You will compromise. I don't want to build for time. I don't want to build. You see, I told this years, some time ago, a friend of mine, Robin, is going to be with the Lord now. He said to me, Isaiah, you know, the things that you're talking about, the things that you're doing may never get to be rewarded in this time, in this season. 
He said, but there's a reward waiting for you. <laughs> All right? In the millennial reign of Christ. Do you know that real people are going to reign? Are going to live? You and I are going to live reign in the millennial reign. Yes. That's scripture. We don't talk about it. Why? Because the system of this world has infiltrates. So when you're doing something and there's no result, there's no immediate result, people term you as a failure. They will say, well, you are failed. <laughs> the Bible talk about, amen, you know, Lazarus and the rich and the rich man. Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus, yes, on earth, he seemed not to have anything. You see, when you live your life for the temporal, you will compromise the values of the things of God. That's why it's important you teach your children, amen, kingdom values. But you can't teach them if you don't know them yourself. It is important that we, 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 we highlight what matters to God and what seems to matter, amen, to men before God. You know, a, a young guy who ran to Jesus, he says, Jesus, you need to avenge me of my brother. He wants, to take, he wants to take my possession. He wants to take the possession that they left for us. He wants to take my own possession. Jesus said, who made me a judge? Between, between you, who, who made me a judge between both of you? Is it that Jesus doesn't want to help this guy? No, no. Jesus is trying to shift his mind, amen, from earthly possession to something that matters, to something that, that, that carries weight in eternity, waiting for him. Jesus said, the things that men greatly esteem are abomination. I hope you understand. Yes, God will use anything to carry out his intention. But God is not limited to material things. I want to ask you a question. And you need to listen to this. What was the mission? In fact, what was the vocation of Jesus Christ? So, and I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to tell me he was a carpenter. You lied. He was good in carpentry work. But there's no place in the scripture that said that Jesus lived on carpentry work to sustain the work of the Father. Show me that place in the scripture. You see, if you don't understand your doctrine properly, it's easy for us to take a scripture out of context and build a whole empire around it. <clears throat> God has a way of providing because there are systems that have been set in, in place. One of the reasons why the church today is weak, one of the reasons why the, today the church is anemic is because those who are supposed to be priests, who are supposed to be at the forefront of the things of God, have left their priestly post and have gone to Babylon. They've gone to look for food. They've gone to look for money. They've gone to, so that amen, they, they, they have been compromised when it comes to the position, amen, of giving the word of God. Because they know that if they, if they speak the word, I was listening to an interview by, you know, uh, uh, Oprah, Oprah Wilfrey and uh, Joel Osteen. Now, Prophet Wilfrey was asking, what, what is the Bible position? Asking this man, what is the Bible position about homosexual? And this guy said, well, it's not, it's, it's not in his position to take a stand. I'm just paraphrasing what he said. But basically, that's what he's saying. He's, he's, he said, no, he is not into this, all of these things that cause, you know, problem. He, he just wants to be positive. And I'm like, but, but <laughs> the word of God speaks. Jesus spoke about these things. 
You know why? You know why they can't speak about those things? You know why they can't stand on what God says? The fact that you stand on what God says regarding an issue does not mean that you hate the people. The fact that I say, I, I mean, I dislike you know, homosexuality does not mean you know, that I hate, I hate homosexual. No, no, I don't hate them. They're created in the image of God. They're ignorant. Something in them, amen, is not just diving. It's not connecting. Somebody has lied to them. And they have chosen to take the position of the lie. You see, it's amazing that when you begin to speak the truth, people start turning away. People start, you know, no, no. Listen to this. It is the truth that sets you free. You don't have to love the truth for you, amen, to accept the truth. The truth does not need your permission. If I'm doing something wrong, amen, and I'm struggling, amen, to accept what the word of God says, Amen. Regarding that, you know, sin or whatever in my life. Guess what? I am pushing myself into the jaw, into the mouth of the enemy to destroy me. Because the moment you take a stand of rejecting what God says in his word, regarding any area of life, you have been deceived by the liar, by the enemy himself, and he's going to destroy you. It is important that you accept what God says, amen. And I'm saying this because if you're, if you're building a community, you have people under you and they're compromising, amen. Listen to this. You need to speak to that compromise. I was speaking some time ago with, you know, with, with a lady and some, you know, trying to assist and try. And, and I'm speaking on where I stand regarding certain position in the word of God. And this lady is trying to deaden down, trying to deaden down the position, the values of God. So that people can come into the kingdom of God. You lie. You have accepted a lie from the powers of darkness. That's deception. Acknowledging what God says in his word. Amen. Does not stop somebody coming in or coming out. If somebody is going to come into the kingdom. And the person is not willing or ready to accept what God says. Then the person is not ready. It's like you saying you want to get married. But you're not ready to stick to one. To your husband or your wife. Well, well um, yes, I want to get married. But I can always. When I, whenever I feel like I can go back. You know, and meet my old boyfriend and girlfriend. That's what we're saying. You want to go on with God. But you still want to. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that we all have a challenge that yes, there may still be the desire. But acknowledging that this is what God says about this situation is important than say, well, well, I don't think God is right by telling me that I cannot go back to my old boyfriend or I cannot go back to my old girlfriend, that I cannot you know, do what I feel like doing. Then you're not ready for God. God has a standard lady. God has a standard brother. And it's that standard that I have come to understand that, as, that, that is at least having the knowledge of God's divine standard. That is what is keeping me. It's not by my own power. It's not by my own ability. No, no, no. Listen to this. I have not said that I've kept and I've met all the standard of God. But I've said I have acknowledged it. That God hates sin. God hates iniquity. God hates homosexual. God hates perversion. God hates lesbianism. God hates amen. anything that is contrary to his will. That is word. Amen. His word reveals his will to us. If it's against the will of God, he hates it. So I must hate it. Doesn't mean that I hate people. Because all have seen and have fall short of the glory of God. And there is no one sin that is bigger than the other. Sin is sin. 
Even though it means the sin of homosexual, like the scripture is, in fact, the Bible refers as an abomination. It, it, the, 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 the destruction is, is it because you, you basically are saying to God that he's a liar, that the way he designed life, the way he designed, you know, creation, amen, is not right. See, when you believe in a lie, or when the lie is being told to to certain level that you begin to believe it, even your body, your body system, begin to adjust to that lie. That, that's something that is already proven in science. That when 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 you keep hearing the same thing over and 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 over again, and you start believing that lie, that lie you've been hearing, every part of your being, every part of your mind will begin to adjust. That is how powerful the human body is. That's why, you know, Jesus said, if you believe, you see, believe is very powerful. That's why I keep telling you, friends, be careful of what you believe. Because when you believe a lie, the lie becomes a truth to you. Be careful of what you believe. There's nothing as powerful as your state of belief. And the devil has used, you know, this concept of belief belief amen <laughs> can, can make you do things I mean look at how they began to build the tower of Babel they believed they could do it and God came down and said if we don't stop this people <laughs> are, you, are you getting the point that I'm making God is challenging our state of belief regarding the values regarding the principle of his word Some people get easily turned off when you say things contrary, amen, to their will, contrary to their values, contrary, amen, to their value system, contrary to their culture. I don't have any other culture. The word of God is my culture. The word of God is my standard. Not where I was born. I love, my, I love the place I come from. I love my country as a nation, Nigeria. I love the Yoruba, you know, you know, people, culture. I love it. But anything that contradicts the value of God's word, I, I stay away from it. I don't care where it comes from. It can be amen, something connected amen, to Africa. It can be something connected to, you know, you know, to, 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 to the continent, to the white. It can be something connected to my home, my family. If it contradicts the word of God, Isaiah, amen, stay away from it. I stay away from it. So if somebody asks me tomorrow, what is your position regarding this? I don't have a position. My position is God's word. What's your position? My position is God's word. We all live life, you know, based on reference. We live life based on reference. What is your reference? Amen. If you want to speak about certain area of economy, there are certain people that we quote. They are the gurus. We caught them. If you want to do go into stock exchange and all of this, you know, you know, issue of money, amen. People will quote Warren Buffett because they know that he's a guru. He has succeeded in that area just on buying, you know, stocks. They they caught him. If you want to quote people in the area of medicine, you go for the people, all right, who have had breakthroughs in that area. 
It's easy to quote those few. But when it comes to the issue of life, when it comes to the issue of morality, when it comes to the issue of building in accordance to heaven's desire, we find it difficult to quote what God says, what the word of God says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not a stroke, not a jot of his word will go unfulfilled. The word of God is my reference. If people can boldly quote Obama, boldly quote, you know, Clinton, boldly quote whoever out there, why should I be afraid to quote what God says? Why should I be afraid to quote what God says before that interviewer, before that media man, before that... Listen to this. Whatever profession people are, they're still human. Whatever profession people have, first of all, they are humans. Meaning, they are subject to the law of life. They are subject to the law of God's word. And if they are not, listen, they, they will leave that profession and they will die and go to hell. You think a media person comes and asks me, what's your position on homosexual? I will ask that person, what do you think is the position of God's word? What do you think is the position of God's word? Because people will ask you questions to try to trick you. If you don't understand, amen, the way the world thinks, you will fall for them. You see, it's when you're trying to protect something, I have nothing that I'm selling. It's when you're trying to guard something that you, you know, you, <laughs> I have nothing that I'm trying to guard. I am basically a messenger, amen. I am the voice of one. Amen. So I speak on behalf of the nation, on behalf of the kingdom. A Nigerian, a Nigerian ambassador, amen, into South Africa cannot be speaking on his own time. No, he has to speak based on, amen, his nation because he's sent to represent. If you're from Zimbabwe, imagine, imagine, you know, uh, 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 an ambassador from Zimbabwe coming to represent Zimbabwe in South Africa. And they ask him a question that deals with his, his country, his nation. And he says, well, well, let's forget about my position as an ambassador. Now, this, I'm speaking from my own personal, you, no, no, you don't have a personal position. You have to, whenever you speak, you speak as Zimbabwe. You speak, amen, as a Botswana. You speak as an American. That's why it's important that we understand, amen, the, the, the values of our nation. We understand where we stand. We understand what our nation represents. Because when we speak, we don't, amen, want to misrepresent. It's the same principle in the kingdom of God. We are not just members of a church. We are representing a kingdom. There's a way the kingdom wants us to live life. There's a way the kingdom of God wants us to talk, to operate. There are, listen, in the kingdom of God, there are no gray areas. God has, listen, God has a, a thought. God has a mind, a voice. God has, amen, and, and a clear, clear written objective regarding every sect of life even regarding ants the least thing the most common thing that you can think of there is no area of human life that God decides to say well 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 in this area I don't know what to do there so you can you can make your own decision make your own choice no God has given to us that's why he gave us that's why nations kingdoms empire have tried to destroy God's word but God had preserved his word do you know how many lives that have just to preserve the word of God to us. You and I today have a reference to God's word. Do you know how many lives have perished? And now you and I, uh, we, only, we, we only quote what we like there. We only reference what we like there. The ones that doesn't suit our narrative. Like some people when I'm preaching truth like this, they, it turns them off. Then you see them. I don't care. I don't preach for you to like what I'm saying. 
I'm preaching for you to understand that God has a standard. He has a measure. He has an objective. Amen. He has a prophetic program for your life. He has a prophetic program for your home, for your marriage. He has a prophetic program for your children. He has a prophetic project. Amen. Program. Yes, project for your money. Everything about your life. God has a divine design intention and you have to know it. As I was growing up, a lot of things that I didn't understand about the word of God, about the nature of God. Because I came into, of course, into God, into you know, Christianity with a backdrop of all kinds of confusion. And so it was difficult for me to accept something. But when I began to understand, things began to make sense to me. And I had to make a choice. I can't wait for you to make a choice for me. I told you. As a young teenager, just give my life to the Lord. My uncle, he was, you know, in the Baptist church. You know, my family are more like Baptist. It's my uncle. I used to live with him. And I already know what God says in the, in the scripture. Of course, very zealous. I mean, that's as a believer, you know, we should not indulge in alcohol. This, my uncle, was a former military man. So you begin to get a picture. He's a former military guy. Very tough, rough. I won't say discipline, but he was very hard. Because there's a difference between being disciplined, amen, and being hard. A lot of people that are hard, but they're not disciplined. Discipline means, amen, you, you have a value system. You have a value standard to life. This is how life is ought to, to be lived. You know, in, in, in the military, you must, be, you, must be, you, must be, you must be disciplined first. And of course, you must be tough. But not hard. They can't say because, you know, you, you are, you're a military person. So you go home, you start punching everybody. No. You'll be caught mashal. And if, and if you're found wanting, you'll be in prison. <laughs> but anyhow, this is my uncle. People, we, we, people have fellowship in our house. I mean, where he, he was living, I mean, back then I was living with him, people used to have fellowship in our house. And, you know, this my uncle, sometimes he would send me to go buy beer. And this thing used to worry me, used to trouble me. I mean, you've got to understand, I've been crazy from the day I gave my life to Jesus. You know, I, I'm like, but this man is supposed to be a deacon in the church. He's an elder in the church. And they respect him. Why, why do you indulge yourself in beer? And I'll sit down. You know, we have fellowship. And he, he's coordinating. And one day he sent me to go buy beer. And I said to him, I'm not going. You've got to, you've got to understand my position at this point. This is, this is the person who put food, you know, in my mouth. My life basically depends on him. He said, what? I said, I'm not going. As a Christian, I'm not, I'm not going to buy this for you. It's not the position of a Christian. I mean, you must look at me here. It's like David and Goliath. It's David having a chat with Goliath. Oh my God, this man beat, beat, beat life out of me. <laughs> but guess what? I, I didn't mind the beating. But I was able to speak my mind. Because that was, in, that was what was in my mind. I felt every time going to buy beer for this man, I'm compromising my fate. 
I will tell you, that, that was me growing up. I was passionate for God, for the things of God. This man, he, he beat the life out of me. But guess what? I spoke my mind. And that is me till today. You can hold your money. You can hold whatever you want to do for me. You can, you can decide to be. But I will tell you my mind. God placed that in me. I didn't even know that God was going to raise me to be a prophet. But I was never afraid to speak the truth. Listen to this. The only time I'm afraid to speak the truth is when I know that I'm in sin. Because you dare not speak truth. When you know your life is compromised, the devil is going to come for you and finish you. That's the only time I might find myself fear, fearful. Because when you speak the truth, you're calling for warfare. And I understand, and I believe that's one of the reasons why God sent me to this nation. God knew that South Africa needs people whose, whose forehead are strong like mine. <laughs> Crazy people like me. You know how many times this work has been sought to be compromised by people who claim to be church people. I was thinking about, you know, just something this morning before I came to, you know, to the air. And I was thinking, you know, certain things that we're proclaiming and, we, and thank God we've got a handful of men of God following us, listening to us. Thank God. But if I was running a local church, I am sure I will not be able to say some things that I'm saying. Or maybe I will say it, but I will try to mellow it down, you know. You know, because you're going to be thinking, oh, well, <laughs> are you going to, are you going to survive? But guess what? Even while I was a pastor, I, I speak the truth. And of course, that put me into a lot of trouble because people who had money, they decide to hold their money. And I tell them, go with your money. And when they go, they, most of them will go to Redeemed Christian Church of God. Because there, anybody can come in. They can accept anyone. Even if you rebel. Even if you sleep with the pastor's wife. As long as you have the charisma, our door is open. We can't build like that. You say, why do you have to mention the name? Well, I have to because I want people to know. You cannot compromise the things of God, the values of God. And think you're going to build the things of God successfully. You think today if I go to Redeem Christian Church of God and say, well, I want to start the church for you guys in South Africa. This is my resume. These are the things. I'm telling you, in the next two, three, four years, if you come to this area, you'll be wondering, what, what is this? Because they've got the money, they've got the resource, but you don't build the kingdom of God with money and resource. We build it with the shared heart of man. They, ha they, they had all things in common. We don't build because we want to pull somebody else down, you know, climb on somebody else. No, no. If you're doing that, you may have a church, but you, you are no member of the ecclesia. There's a value standard. And this is what we're talking about. He said, what are you saying this morning? Paul said, a little leaven leavens the whole arm. Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 says, you were running well. Paul was speaking to the Galatian brethren. You guys were run. You were doing well. Amen. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You were running well. You were doing well. You were doing fine. Who, 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 who lied to you? Who bewitched you? He said to them. And we're talking about tracking. Amen. The community life. You see, when we build a community life, then we can build a city church. 
then we can build a, a true governmental apostolic you know, you know, nation. We can build the intentions of God, but if we're not ready to highlight, if we're not ready to talk about, if we're not ready to deal with the issues amen, that have become plague to us, how can we bring healing to the nations? How can we represent God? How can we speak life? How can we even pray effectively? How can we release the baraka of God into the nation? How can we release the blessings of God if we are already compromised? The Bible says, amen, the prayer of the iniquity, the prayer of the ungodly will not be answered. Are you getting the point? You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion, amen, did not come from me, Paul said. This thing that you are persuaded about, this issue of circumcision that you have come to, you know, accept, it did not come from me. Who, who brought you to this position where you are, where you are now, you know, uh, compromising with, you know, circumcision? Like I said, this is just a principle. This is just a principle that we can look and connect to some other things in our life. When we know what God says, when we, when, we, when we have an understanding of God's expectation regarding amen, our life, in terms of our money, in terms of amen, our relationship, our you know, community life, our communication, once we know, it's not for you to find a way of circumventing it. If you're weak in the area of amen, what God expects of you, what do you need to do? You need to pray, Lord, grant me grace, give me strength, amen, to be able to do what your word says. But to deny it, to disown it, to reject it, and to even challenge it is incurring the wrath of God on your own life. Because you're saying to God that He's dunce, He's not, he's not wise. That's, the, what, that's what the world is saying today. And that's what a lot of people, particularly those in the mainstream church, are saying. And when God says something and they begin to, you know, find a way of, of avoiding, you know, on standing on what God says. Excuse me. Paul said, do we not begin to fear men rather than God? When they threaten a man, Peter, you know, and, and, and his brother, <laughs> they say, you, you, you don't, Peter and John, you don't declare this thing. You don't preach in this name. They say, you think about it. Galatians 4, I think in Galatians 4. Yes, as in Galatians 4. They say, you think, do we obey man rather than God? <laughs> do we, you think about this thing. You, you man, you created. Do, are we going to begin to obey the, crea the, you know, the, 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 the creation rather than the creator? You think about these things. The Bible says, amen, they threaten them. They can beat them. You can threaten them. But that's not going to stop them from declaring the thing. You see, you, your, your truth, the truth you claim about God will be proven. Let me go back to verse 1 of that Galatians 5. Paul said, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. There are a lot of things that have enslaved us in the church. Is for freedom. Amen. Freedom means amen, standing by the counsel and the will of God without compromising your position, amen, for temporal pleasure. That's freedom. Don't ask me to repeat that <laughs> because I cannot. That came via the spirit. So you need to repeat the tape and you need to listen to this again. You understand? It says, look, I, Paul, tell you that if you have to, if you have to circumcise yourself, Christ will not benefit you. 
If you have to give in, circumcision was a major issue back in those days. It was a big issue. Just like the issue of homosexual. All kinds of things today that are big issues. And I hope you understand that you have to take a stand. Paul wrote this letter to the Galatian church. We're tracking principle, amen, of kingdom community. What is the heart of God? What is the mind of God? There are subjects, matters, issues, amen, that God is very clear about. Because when you're building, listen, when you're building, it can be building your church, it can be building a marriage, you need to write down the vision, make it plain. It says so that the, those who are reading it may be able to read well and run with it. Huh? Write down the vision, make it plain. I asked a question some time ago. What is the vision of God for your marriage? He said, does the marriage, do we, need to, do, we, do we need to have a vision? Of course, everything that God amen, has given to us comes with a vision. God comes with an objective. It is, if, there, if, there's, if there's an objective, then there is a vision. The vision does not come from you. <laughs> The vision comes out of the prophetic word of God, amen, that has been given to you. Vision basically tells you the intended program of God and the way to advance in the fulfillment. So somebody is asking me, so, so what is the viability of what you're doing? Excuse me, you've got to understand my vision to know my viability regarding what we're building. Because what we're building is part and parcel, amen, of the prophetic word of God, amen, which houses the vision of God for what we're doing. The viability of what we're doing cannot be outside of the vision that God has given to us. The cost of what we're doing is not what matters. It's the vision. Let me repeat what I said. The cost of what we're doing. Oh, I was so blessed yesterday. It's amazing when God touches the heart of people to be a blessing to you. Let me leave it that way. See, some people want to bless you, but they want to own you. How do you know a true giver? How do you know a true giver? When they give from their heart without question, I'm giving you this for the things that you want to do to be done. And that's it. No question asked, nothing. Somebody watching us, just watching, I've never met this person. But they can pick your heart. They know if you're genuine. Listen to this. If you know a genuine man, you don't need to be asking, what's your viability? So, wh 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 what's the outcome? Excuse me. Did you call me into ministry? Were you there when God spoke to me? If God entrusts you with resource, and God wants you to bless somebody with it, release it, and stop trying to own them. And stop trying to own them. Because if you do, we will banish you from the community called the saints. Yes. So what are you saying? I'm speaking as a prophetic voice. Because many of you have wangled your way into the house of God. And you have enslaved those that are called into ministry. Because you have resource. Not Isaiah. That spirit can never perched on me. 
we have learned to crush it and we'll continue to crush it. There are certain things you will say and those that are that understand what you're saying will pick it. You see, this thing grieves my spirit. It grieves my spirit. And I know the father is grieved. You can have all the resources. If your attitude is wrong with your resources, you have not given to the things of God. Your attitude have judged you. But I thank God that as we continue to raise the bar, there are people tracking. I was, was it yesterday I was sharing about Joseph of Cyrene. Excuse me, Simeon of Cyrene. Simeon of Cyrene helped Jesus in carrying his burden to Golgotha. Simeon of Cyrene, a black man. He had the boldness. He had the audacity. He carried. He, wasn't, he didn't mind. Then the Bible talk about a man. One very special, important amen, person. Joseph of Arimathea. He was the one. Amen. The Bible says he was a wealthy man. He was, he was one of the council. He was a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. We always talk about Simeon. Who came to Jesus. Joseph of Aramata was also a council chief. I think Jesus did not have important people as his disciples. <laughs> but we, the scripture never emphasized those people, but they were there. The Bible talks about these women who ministered, amen, to Christ of their substance. Paul had people even from the house of Caesar who were ministering of their substance. What are we doing? We're saying, free yourself from Simon the sorcerers. Free yourself from those, amen, who are coming into the things of God with money bags. They want to buy the anointing. They want to buy the fame. They want to buy position. They want to buy their seats. Just like they used to do back in those days. People are still doing it today. They want to buy a seat in the front row. They are the ones who have access. You know, some crazy men of God, they've, 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 they've so perverted the things of God that certain people cannot come into their space. Do you know certain men of God? Their members cannot come to their space. You have to, you have to see somebody. You have to, you know, uh, 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 I can remember back in those days, you, you, you know, I used to fellowship in a place where it would take you almost three weeks to see your own pastor. And that was when I began to know that something is wrong here. Somebody's about to die and you cannot walk into that person and say, please, I need assistance. I told them when I was a pastor, the day I, mean, I begin to like, no, you have to see my secretary. And guess what? I, I had a secretary. You have to see my secretary first before you see me. Then something is wrong. You say, you don't understand. These people are so busy. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's not even go into all of that. You mean you're too busy for your, own for your own ship. You're too busy for your own ship. Your children are dying. You're too busy. Imagine if your biological child is, you know, is dying and say, well, no, but I'm too busy. Come on. It's time. If the thing is too big, break it down. 
The Lord never called us to build a mega church. He called us to build an Omega community. A finishing company of people. Yeah. As I said it, if I was running a church, people would say, no, it's because, no, no, no. I would, we've done that. Now this is a prophetic amen, hub heaven has established for us to speak the mind of God to the nations. A few days ago, I noticed that our audio, you know, listener have shot up, increased to 6,000 plus. A few, few months ago, we were about 5,000, you know, uh, audience listening to our, you know, uh, you know audio uh, uh, platform. Now, 6,000 plus. I was showing somebody yesterday, 6,000 plus. It means that what we're doing is working. People are hearing. People are listening. Don't be fooled that the few people that we have following us on YouTube amen, are the number. No, no, no. We're targeting a different you know, platform of people. People who are faceless. I don't know them. But they know me. And I can track where they are connecting from. We have 60, 63% of people listening to us from United States of America. What are you talking about? God is moving. The voice of God is upon the waters. Who bewitched you, Galatian church? You began well. Who brought you to the point of compromise? Who brought you? Who lied to you? The church has been lied to. We've been compromised. We've been, we've been made to believe that if we don't have money, we will not advance the things of God. No. The vision, when it's well articulated, and when it's well built amen, in accordance to heaven's design program, will bring his own provision. We'll not just bring provision, we'll bring his own provision. Every vision has his own provision. I don't just want any kind of provision. I want the one that is meet for the work I've been assigned. Not every giver, amen, are given with godly intention. I've told you that. You know why? Because these are things that pastors don't talk about. They can't talk about these things on the pulpit. So, if you're a man of God, take what I'm talking about. Amen. Go share with your people. Say, well, this is what Isaiah said. It delivers you from them stoning you. <laughs> Let them come and stone me. It's for freedom that Christ sets you free. Christ didn't set us free to be in bondage. Bondage of men, bondage of tradition, bondage of religion, bondage of human opinion. That's the bondage that people like Joel Osteen and the T.D. Jakes of this world are in. Yes. The bondage of influence, the bondage, amen, of societal influence. They cannot stand with what God says. If you are called to be a voice of God, forget the position of being popular. He says, why are you on social media? For the advancement, for the furtherance. I'm not here to be popular. I was, I was checking some time ago. As a lady, a single, was powerful, powerful woman of God, a psalmist. My word. This woman will sing you into the things of the spirit. On YouTube, and I looked at our follower. 
I think there were about 40. I'm not, I, I, I can't remember now, but less than, less, less than people following me. And the Lord said to me, did you see? Are you seeking for popularity? Or are you seeking for where God is? Are you seeking for the voice of God? Are you seeking for the mind of God? Heaven will continue to bring words that will probe your heart. Some people follow us because they're looking for another message to go preach. They're not following us because they, they want to know the truth. They want to engage the truth. No, this truth will engage you. Will prick your heart. As it pricks my own heart. You can ask my, my household. I'm the best listener of my own messages. So this is not like I'm throwing a stone. No. I'm just a voice of one. Crying in the wilderness. The word of God is demanding a change. They are demanding a change of our wine skin. You've got to get rid of your guardedness. Get rid of your pride. Get rid of your own objective and projection. No, no. Throw it away. Tell the people. I want to build in accordance to heaven's desire. Who wants to go with me? Jesus brought the people to that point. Are you also going? When the truth was proclaimed and declared, don't build a community, amen, that cannot house the truth. I told us, we, we looked at that yesterday. Obedidom could house God. <laughs> Dangerous man, Obedidom. There was a priesthood in Obedidom, and yet there was nothing that told us that Obedidom was part of the priesthood. But this man housed the presence of God. Whoa. For three months, and God prospered him. So that tells me if I'm a carrier of the presence of God, I prosper and God is prospering us. <laughs> Think about it. That's scripture. The reward of housing the ark of God was that God prospered him to the point that David got jealous. He said, no, no, this thing cannot continue like this. I'm going to build God a house. You see, there are some people, they have a zeal to want to do something, but their life as not aligned to the divine order of God. And God says, so you can't build me a house. David, you want to build my house? I see. But something about your life is just not aligning. You've got to adjust yourself. It's not enough to have zeal. Your zeal, amen, must be mingled with biblical kingdom knowledge. And all people who had zeal, they want to just, let's just do it. Yes. But there's a way to do it. Don't do things that will put you and other people in bondage. Don't give to people to own them, to control them. Don't let anybody buy your anointing, buy the call of God in your life. Don't let the number, amen, make you compromise. Some people, when their church start growing, the moment, you know, at every stage, because I can tell you this as a pastor, at every stage, as people start growing in your church, your anointing also grows. And if you're not careful, amen, your position of compromise in the things of God also begins to increase because people are coming, but you don't know the quality and the heart of the people that are coming. Amen. They are coming, but they're coming for a reason. And if you know that, yes, the reason why they're coming is because of this particular message they're hearing, 
<laughs> and that message, amen, is not aligning to the heart of God, to the mind of God. You want to do everything to maintain that message because you want more money, more people means more money, amen. That's the idea, amen. More number, amen, means more tithe, more offerings. Come on. That's why I can, I can say these things because we've been there, I've been there. Our evangelism, amen. The reason why we go to preach, we go to minister to people, it's not because we really want to populate the kingdom, but we want them to, yes, to add to the number in the church because that basically translates to more money, more influence, more position of, be of becoming a papa. You know, I'm looking at some of the young people that I left back in those days in Nigeria when I, when I came to South Africa. Many of them today, people that I used to be very zealous, powerful guys that I used to pray, many of them today have become bishop with cap. I, you look at one young man, you know, with his small body, he's got a cap with his big babanrig. I'm like, who bewitched you guys? What's wrong with you guys? Now they have big chain in their neck, on, on their neck, you know. They have a cap on their head. Now they, they're going around with all these flatteries. I'm saying to myself, what is wrong with you guys? Is this what you've reduced the things of God? Because to them, that is what gives them influence. And affluence before the people. A ministry to the people but has no standing before heaven. A ministry to the people but has no voice. If you knock on the doors of heaven, they will not open it. But people are flocking you. You're deceived. So why are you talking like this? The Lord is awakening a church, a community, a people. There's an emerging, hallelujah, of a kingdom apostolic order. There's an emerging of a church in this last day called the third day church. The priesthood, amen, of this church is patterned after the heavenly order. It's a church reflecting heaven and earth. That was what God intended from the beginning. A church that gets its authority and power from heaven. A church that is not in bondage. That has been free from the lies of the enemy. Paul says, amen. It was for, for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Keep standing firm. Don't just stand alone. Stand firm. Like my people would say, stand gidiba. Stand firm. And do not subject again yourself to the yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, tell you that if you have yourself circumcised, Christ, amen, will be of no benefit, of no value to you. If you have yourself circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who has himself circumcised? Paul said, I'm testifying again to every man who have himself circumcised that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You have been severed. Listen to this. You have been severed from Christ. If you keep, if you want to continue doing Amen. The, the, the idea that following the path, amen, of the religious order of the day, of the systems of the day, he said, you are, you are obligated to keep the old law and then you are severe from Christ. You have turned away from Christ. You who are seeking to, to be justified by the law, you are falling from grace. I mean, this is serious. This is what was going on in the day of Paul. This was the argument. This was the bitter war they were fighting. 
by faith. You have been, excuse me, I think I've jumped now. Yeah. You have been severe from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified, you know, by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, listen to this, it's comparing now. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. Not via you know, circumcision. For in Christ Jesus, there are neither circumcision. For in Christ Jesus, there are neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Amen. No uncircumcision means anything. You're circumcised or you're not circumcised. It means anything. For for by faith walks through love. Faith is walking through love. Then he went further in verse seven, which is where I want us to look into. It says, "You were running well." We were running well. We were doing well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from me. You were running well. Who lied to you? Who, be, who, who, who beseeched you? Who, excuse me, who leered you? Who, who, who smoked you? That's the word. Who seduced you? Think of the things that we've been seduced to believe. Think of the things that we've been seduced, amen, to accept. Think of the lie that we have bought. Think of the, the compromise in your own house, in your own church, in your own community, your own lifestyle to accommodate. This was the argument of Paul to the Galatian church. This church was inviting, amen, the traditions of the of the Jewish religion. I hope you understand that Christianity and Judaism are two different things. Can I repeat what I've said? I hope you understand that Christianity, amen, and Judaism are two different things. Today we have people, amen, in the church, in the body of Christ today, trying to bring in, you know, Judaism in the way they pray, in the way they do things. They're trying to bring, they're trying to inculcate Judaism into Christianity. And they think that will make them more righteous or more holy. I don't know, but they just missed it. Some people have gone as far as carving the Ark of the Covenant and put it in, in their church. Some have prayer shawl. They, they, they wear the prayer shawl. They think that's what makes their prayer more effective. Some have gone to Jerusalem to bath in River Jordan. <laughs> What's wrong with the church? These people don't even understand what the ministry of grace is in righteousness. We have to journey with our hearts. They are of one cardia, one heart. If we're going to have one heart in running the things of God, then we must have the right heart. We must have the right heart. We must have the right mindset. We must have the right belief system. <laughs> yeah. Persecution is going to bring us to truth. Have you noticed that it was persecution just while the church was you know, born and the power of God moved 
It attracted, amen, yes, the religious council. The church was persecuted. And they were threatened. In verse, in verse 4 of Acts, excuse me, in verse 13 of Acts chapter 4, the Bible says, now as they observe the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated, unlearned, and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as being with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them in agreement, standing with them. They had nothing to say in reply. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another saying, what are we, what are we to do with this, with this man? What are we going to do with these troublemakers? <laughs> What are we supposed to do with these troublemakers? Seeing the man who had been healed standing with, with them, they perceived that these men, amen, were unlearned, they were unschooled, but they had been with Jesus. There's a boldness, there's a confidence that comes when you are with Christ, when you have been with Christ. There's a, there's a church that will emerge not because, amen, they are, they are so clued up, not because they are so well, amen, resourced, not because they, 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 they have the ability, amen, to, to dot all the T's, not because they have, amen, the lingua, amen, not because they have the, 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 the affluence or even the influence, but they've been with Christ. It makes all the difference. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a schooling, there's an education, there's a system, amen, that begins to operate in your life when you have truly been with Christ. Not go to church, not just be with religious people. There's a difference, amen, <laughs> between being with Christ and being with religion. There's a difference between being with Christ, amen, and having theology. There's a difference. I hope you understand. I have a lot of theology. I know a lot of you. I studied theology. I love theology. But theology is not, what, is not what gives you boldness. When you're confronted with certain people, when you stand before certain people of influence, I'm telling you, you forget your name. I've been in that situation. Their presence alone will, will make your feet to begin to wamble. <laughs> but God helped us. That's why to, today, there's no person that I cannot speak to. I honor people. I respect people. But I'm not afraid of anybody. Mm -mm. Because nobody is my provider. Nobody makes me. Nobody called me. Heaven called me. You see, because of the call of God upon the life of Paul, he was able to speak boldly to Peter. Even though Peter, amen, was, his, was, was a veteran. Peter, amen, was, was, was a chief elder in the things of God. But, but Paul, hallelujah, who had already, you know, met the Lord himself, was able to say, but the things you're doing, Peter, does not align with what God says. He called Peter an hypocrite. <laughs> that guy is dangerous. Are you getting the point that I'm making? There's a, there's a life that flows out of you because you have seen the Lord. You've been that's why one of the mark of the apostle is that they have seen the Lord. That's one of the mark of the apostle. One of the mark. What people call themselves apostle, apostle. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at their life and I'm saying, but you cannot be an apostle. 
but it is a general term. That back in those days, everybody wants to be a teacher. I remember back in the days of the Kenegi, everybody you made, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher. Then later on, it was, you know, another move. Then everybody's an evangelist. Everybody's an evangelist. Every, everybody you ask, in fact, back in those days, you know, when you ask me, I tell, I tell people I'm an evangelist. I, everywhere I go, I tell people I'm an evangelist. I got myself a megaphone because of the vision that I had because there was nobody that could assist me to give a client interpretation that the vision that I had was a prophetic vision. I thought God called me to go and preach. So I was everywhere preaching. I told you, I preach everywhere. I even preach on the, on the, on the plane. <laughs> I pre I've preached on the train. The only place I've not preached uh, is on the boat. Uh, you know, in the, yeah. But everywhere, everywhere you could find me, I was preaching. I was never afraid of people. I could see them through the eyes. You see, the reason why we're afraid to preach pe to people is because we don't see people through the eyes of God. You can be the God knows who. I see you through the eyes of Christ. I see God, amen, you know, showing mercy to you. Show, you can be rich. I, I don't look at your wealth. I preach. I will preach to you. Preach to you. It was later the Lord made me to understand that. I didn't call it to be evangelist. I called it to be a prophet. <laughs> After you preach and every, everybody in the church scatters, you wonder what's going on. Everybody wants to be, an, uh, be, be a, uh, a pastor. That one is lucrative because you get money. You see, in this kind of work that I'm doing, only people who really love us will reach out and say, hey, this man is, is, is all by himself. <laughs> Not for us all. Let's reach out to him in blessing. And I so love those people. They are my crew. They are my tribe. Yes. Yes, they are my tribe. They are my crew. Because they can hear God be a blessing to my servant. You see. Or else, the need will make you to go start a church. And you start preaching. People will come to your church. And you get money. But you would have missed the purpose of God for your life and for the people. Location is important. Alignment to the will of God is important. Some of us will never have the kind of money others are looking for. No, because God designed it that way. It's called the sovereignty of God. That's a strange gospel today. People don't want to hear about the sovereignty of God. Who be, who be with you? Who, be, who, who lie to you? Oh, hallelujah. They scared them. These people, the things they have done, if we continue to allow them, they will, they will destroy what we have built. The Bible says they call them, they threaten them, and they warn them not to preach in the name of Jesus again. Verse 18 of that scripture of Acts chapter 4. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all. What's going on with you here? Let me read verse 18 again. When the council, the religious elders, have summoned the disciples, the, you know, Peter and John, the Bible said they summoned them and they commanded them not to, not to speak or to teach, not to speak or to teach in the name of Jesus. Does it sound like the days we live in? Yes. But Peter and John answered and said to them, 
whether it is right in the sight of God, in the sight of God, in the sight of God, not in the sight of man, in the sight of God, because God is the one we all stand before. Whether it is right to, amen, whether it is right to, to, to is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God. Make your own judgment. What do you think? <laughs> For we cannot stop speaking about the things we have seen and heard. I rest my case. What have you seen? What have you heard? That is burning. That is burning. That is burning in your hearts. What have you heard? What have you seen? What, what have you been given? What have you experienced? You see, what makes somebody like us to declare the things that we're declaring is because of the things we have seen, we've heard. I can give you testimony upon testimony. So don't think this guy just, is, just woke up one day and decide, no, no, no. You have to go on a journey. They have to take you on a transition. You have to be somewhere. You must have been caught up somewhere. You must have been locked in a cave somewhere. And, and, and shut in. <laughs> and for, for days, weeks, months, years, nobody heard nothing about you. Nobody know you. And the day they bring you out, you become a voice to be reckoned with. We've lost it all to gain the things that we're proclaiming. We've lost it all. And the things that are still there, maybe we, <laughs> hiding somewhere, when we find them, we will lose them to gain a greater dimension of Christ. To the degree you lose is to the degree you gain of him. God is not going to cohabit with our own idea. There are no mixed wine in the things of God. It's Babylon that serves mixed wine. In the kingdom of God, amen, new wine can only be put into new wine skin. Hallelujah. I'm going to leave it here. Leave it in that verse 18. Or verse, uh, rather verse um, verse 20. For we cannot but to speak about what we have seen and heard. What did you see? Not what somebody told you. What have you seen? What have you heard? You see, that's the testimony. That is the position of testifying about the things of God. Christianity is a testimony. The gospel is a testimony. The gospel is not a gospel until it is a personal testimony. You see, when I share my testimony, oh Lord, I jump up because it's my testimony. If the gospel has not become a testimony to you, continue to grow. Because everything you say will be challenged by the path of darkness. If you want to build, there are people that will come and tell you, this is not how you must build. Because they have deep pockets. Or this is how we want this thing to, because they came with 10. I could remember back in those days, you know, you, you, know, you have some people, they come with, you know, uh, five people to church, 10 people to church. And so you, so suddenly you begin to look up to those people, you know. And the day, amen, you do something that they don't, they, they, they don't like, all right. They have a way of telling those people not to come to church again. <laughs> if you're a pastor listening to me, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. 
We even do it in business. We do it with, among friends. When you, are, when, when, the, when you are in their good book, everything is fine around you. We don't want to be in their bad book. Then they withdraw their resource, then they take everybody away. That's not building a church. That's why you've got to be careful what you build. Even when you're building a business, you've got to build business amen, on solid relationship. Make sure that the people, that's why, you know, these Muslim people, they know how to, <laughs> the church needs to go and learn from them. When they're doing business, they bring in their brother, their cousin, their, their, their uncle. Yes, it's a family thing. That's why the business don't break up. We thought kingdom, kingdom. Tomorrow the person hates what you say. He's gone. The business collapsed. The work collapsed. You wonder what, what's going on. Yes. You want to build, make sure you build a relationship. You want to build a business, build a relationship first. You want to build a church. Don't build a church around doctrine. Don't just build a church around theology. Don't build a church around the anointing. Build a church around relationship that is godly. When you're not there, the work will continue. The people will love you. They will not backstab you. They will not speak against you behind. If there's any issue, they will come close and talk to you because you're family. They are of one kadia. They are of one suke. Father, we honor your name. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for your voice, your heart, your mind. Thank you for the things that you have revealed to us. What can we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What can be against us? We've spoken. Let your word continue to be yea and amen. Let the expectation of men fail. But rise up in your power. Show us your glory, O oh God. Reveal your wisdom, knowledge to us. Even as we continue to reflect you. We thank you. Your church will continue to advance to the glory of your name. Not by might. Not by power. Honor and glory to you. We celebrate you. We honor you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Your church will be built. Your intentions will be fulfilled. You will be glorified amidst your people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this emerging order. Thank you, Father, for the burden of Zion, O oh God, that is awakening us to pray. We love you, Lord. We celebrate you. Have your way. Be glorified. Thank you, Father, for everyone that has joined us this morning. We honor you. We give you praise. Bless, O oh God, your people. Increase them with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Strengthen their arms, O oh God. Strengthen their hands, O oh God. We thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise to you, Lamb of God. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we have once again come to the end of this morning live broadcast. What a time again. Yes, the word of God is getting stronger, getting more powerful and fierce, challenging every wrong position. Amen. In our life, the name of the Lord, amen, is being glorified in our day. The house of God is being built. His kingdom is manifesting. We thank God for that. Thank you so much. My dear sisters, for joining this morning, anyone out there that has joined us to also connect with us, may the Lord continue to prosper you. May he continue to bless you. May you align to his divine will. May the sovereignty of God become even more real in your life. May God's will prosper through your hand. May wisdom continue to build you to the glory of God. God bless you. Appreciate 
Amen. Your connection this morning. Have yourself a wonderful day further. God bless you. Bye-bye.